Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What's up, Tar fans? This is Taylor Vipolis for Inside Carolina. And on today's podcast, we have a great interview I was able to do with Tar Heel great and current Dallas Mavericks small forward Justin Jackson. We talked about everything from his time at UNC to this current UNC team and how Roy Williams always has his team playing their best basketball heading into March. We also talked about fulfilling a lifelong dream and playing in the NBA and really just a lot more. So let's get to it. Joining me now on the podcast, we have Dallas Mavericks small forward and a Tar Heel legend, Justin Jackson. Justin, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Now, at Carolina, you were a first-team all-American, ACC Player of the Year, ACC champion, national champion. Have you had time to reflect on the numbers you put up and the achievements you were able to accomplish at UNC in perspective? Um, yeah, I think I did a little bit. Um, just kind of looking back on it, um, you know, every once in a while, I don't really think about it a lot, but um, you know, obviously whenever I turn on like a UNC game, sometimes I just kind of think about, you know, what we did when we were there. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's definitely cool and it's definitely a blessing as far as what I could, what I had accomplished and things like that. Last spring, your jersey went up in the Raptors in the Dean Dome among some all-time greats. What's it like knowing that you're a part of Carolina basketball history forever like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's an honor uh, to even be mentioned in, in people's, um, you know, conversations whenever it comes to guys like that that are up in those rafters. Um, and I mean, to be able to see it up there, it's definitely, um, you know, all the hard work and stuff that I put in and the blessings that I had had um, as far as just, you know, being able to play basketball. Um, you know, it's definitely, definitely makes you feel good. Um, it definitely humbles you and makes you realize that it's not just you that's, you know, that's out there doing all the work. Now, out of high school, you were a high school All-American. You had all these honors in college. You get drafted to the NBA. But when was the earliest moment you knew you were good enough to play in the NBA? Um, you know, I don't really know. Um, I mean, I, I felt like growing up, once I started getting offers and stuff like that from schools, um, you know, I, I felt like I had a chance. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really feel like it. Like, I had a chance to really go to the NBA until my senior year in high school. And I, I felt like I could possibly do something with basketball. Uh, and so that was probably whenever, whenever that happened. Now, where did the patented floater come from? When was the first time you remember kind of getting that move down? Yeah, man, I, I honestly just kind of started shooting it. Um, I don't even remember when. Um, and I didn't practice it a lot either. I just kind of started shooting it. And... It worked out well because I mean I'm I'm not a big dude. I'm not somebody that's just gonna run you over to try to get to the lane. Um, so it worked out well, and uh, you know just kind of kind of keeping that in my repertoire. As a fellow high school American like Kobe White and Nazir Little, how challenging is it coming to a school like North Carolina with these huge expectations? Yeah, I think it's challenging only if you really make it challenging. Um, you know, people develop differently in college, um, you know, as far as learning the system, knowing what coach wants you to do, uh, while also just going out there and playing basketball. So I think it's, uh, you know, that's the reason you go to North Carolina. You go to North Carolina so that you can, you know, play in big games. Uh, you can be coached by coach. Um, 
you can play with other guys that are as good or, or better than you. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of guys to go there. And I think, you know, as long as you keep everything in perspective and realize that uh, even if you don't pick up everything, you know, right away or uh, even if you don't have success right away, like it all come around. Now you left early from Carolina. What's the best advice you could give them as they navigate into this postseason and then into a decision whether or not to enter the NBA? Um, I mean, I think the most obvious for me is just do something where you'll have complete peace about it. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of money involved. Um, and, you know, that's, somebody, that's something that, you know, most basketball players, I'm sure, you know, they have and everybody else on the team has um, dreams to play in the NBA. So, I mean, I think if it's there, um, just make the choice that you will, that you can look at uh, and be like, you know what, I'm happy I made that decision and I'll make complete peace about it. Even though you left early, you're currently finishing your degree. Why was that important to you? I promised my family uh, a while ago that I would finish it even if I left early before I even went to college. Um, and so that's not why. That's, that's the biggest reason. Um, and then also, you know, I'll be able to walk with you know, two of my best friends, Malik and, and Kenny. Um, so I think that, that kind of adds a little extra motivation. But I, I had always promised to finish my degree no matter, you know, when I had left. As a former teammate and friend, what is it like seeing the Luke May come up? <laughs> um, we always we always knew Luke uh, was really good. Um, even uh, when he first came in, he wasn't playing a lot, but in practice, I mean, he was killing. Um, and so, um, you know, anytime I would go work out, he was right there with me. Um, and so, I always knew that he was going to be, you know, he was going to be really, really good. You know, did I know that it was going to blow up like it did um, starting last year? Uh, not necessarily, but I always knew he had. I always knew he had um, a lot of good things. Um, and I always knew he was going to be really good at North Carolina. So I'm just happy to see him out there flourishing and and having some fun. Let's take it back to uh, the Kentucky game for a second. UNC's up three. You miss the front end of a one and one, and then Malik Monk hits the three over you. You feel like Luke May should thank you for allowing him to make one of the most famous shots in uh, UNC and NCAA history. Um, you know, I think I should be thanking him. Um, <laughs> if, if we would have lost that game, that would have been on, on the back of my mind probably until we talked right now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I should probably be thanking him, man. How much are you able to keep up with the guys you played with, and how often are you able to follow the team with your own busy schedule? Man, I usually um, anytime I anytime we're not playing and I can you know catch turn on the game and stuff, I usually always I'm usually always turned it tuned in. Um, and if not, if we're traveling or something, I'm usually kind of keeping track on the ESPN app. Um, watch them watch them progress this year. Their star player Cam Johnson. A lot of people kind of compare you to especially with the season that he's having this year. What do you like about his game? Uh, I mean, Cam can score the ball. Um, I think a lot of people pegged him as just a shooter. Um, and I think this year he's showing that he can do a whole lot more than that. Um, so, I mean, he, he, I think what he's shooting almost 50% from three. Um, and then you add the fact that he can also put the ball on the floor and score in different ways. And he's a really good rebounder. Um, good team defender. 
so I mean, I think you know, I think he's showing that you know, even even though he's what a senior, fifth year senior, um, that he definitely deserves a really good look in the NBA and um, you know whatever accolades that there are that he can that he can get. I think he's showing that he definitely deserves some of them. After UNC got blown out to Louisville early January, a lot of people wrote this team off, and it's kind of crazy to see how they've developed into a, a legit national championship contender. What is it about North Carolina and Roy Williams that you guys always are playing your best basketball when the calendar hits March? Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it takes time um, to kind of gel, especially this team. There's a lot of new players, um, and, uh, you know, it's it, Basketball is not all about just going out there in college. Um, you have to have some sort of team chemistry, um, and that, don't, that just takes time. And I think, you know, having the, the leadership of guys like Cam, Luke, Kenny, um, even some of the juniors, I think that, that kind of shows that they were able to kind of um, tighten up a little bit um, and kind of build that chemistry. And now you see how they're gelling at the, at the perfect time. When you're in the yeah. tournament, how do you balance the thought between the season could end at any moment versus just kind of enjoying the moment? Uh, I mean, I think it's trying to focus on the fact, you know, the, the one game that you have. You know, I think just trying to absorb that, I think, makes you enjoy it more than worrying about what happens if you lose. And I think that was kind of what I did. I just kind of, you know, focused on one team that we're playing, um, knowing that, you know, if we did lose, that, that was it. But focusing on that team and just enjoying, you know, the preparation for that and enjoying that game. Moving on from UNC, when you realized your lifelong dream of getting drafted into the NBA, what was that day and that moment like? Um, I mean, it was awesome. You know, like at the time, you don't even realize what is going on. Um, you know, there's so much stuff uh, going on before the draft. So many things as far as that. And there's so many thoughts as far as where you might go, what might happen. And, uh, but I mean, it was, it was a dream come true um, to be able to have my family and have my wife there with me and, and my agent and you know, just, just kind of be able to take that in and enjoy that. It was pretty awesome. Your rookie season, you bounced back and forth between the G League before staying up with the, uh, with the Kings for the rest of the season. How did you grow from that opportunity going back and forth? Uh, I mean, it was humbling, man. You know, thankfully I didn't have to do it at time. I think I had two times where I played what, four games and then one I played two. Um, but it was humbling. You know, it makes you realize that you are blessed to be in the NBA, the travel, um, the food, where you stay in hotels. I think it, it just really, it was, it was good for me, uh, not only as a basketball player, but just as a person, um, just to really humble me and bring me back down to earth. Do you have any good welcome to the NBA stories where you kind of realized, okay, I'm not in college anymore? First time I've ever fallen was against CJ McCollum my rookie year. Um, he got me on a jab step, and uh, that was that was I would say that's kind of the first time. Um, just kind of like okay, like these guys are these guys are legit, um, and so I probably say that was that was probably the first one. There's nights when you're matched up against guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron, James Harden, do you ever find yourself getting caught up in that, or is it something you're kind of used to by now? No, I think it's kind of normal now, um, which is crazy to say, but I think it's just normal. Like, those are the guys that, you know, you have to play against on nights. 
night in, night out basis. So, um, you know, now it's it's pretty much normal. At first, it was it was pretty. You know, you, the first couple of games you play against guys like that, you're kind of in awe um, until you kind of have to you know get back to reality and, and try to lock up. Um, but yeah, I mean, now it's just kind of normal. Early this season, you scored a career high twenty eight points against the Warriors. What's it like? out there on the court when you're going shot for shot with guys like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant? I mean, it's cool. Um, you know, at the time, I didn't really even think about that. I just thought about, you know, I was hitting shots. Um, and it was a it was a great night. Um, but, I mean, it is cool to think about. I mean, those are the defending champions. Um, and for one, we took them down to one of the best games this year, um, just in the NBA. But for two, just kind of myself having my career high and having a really good game. It was a fun night. At the trade deadline, you moved from the Kings to the Mavericks for Harrison Barnes. On top of just the logistics of a move, how difficult is it getting traded midseason and trying to integrate yourself with your new team? You know, you're having to learn a whole new system, um, a whole new thing of plays, while also getting all the plays out from the previous team. Um, and the way the NBA is, there's a lot, a lot of plays are um, just kind of reads. Um, so some of the play calls might be the same, but different reads. So, um, you know, just trying to get acclimated with that. And then also just trying to, you know, you're, you're a new guy on a new team, a team that already has had, you know, however many games they had already played before I came here. So it's trying to find, find your spot and, and, you know, figure out, you know, where, how to be aggressive and little things like that and, you know, not necessarily come in and be that, um, you know, that guy that nobody likes. How do you see your role on the Mavericks going forward? I think somebody that can, you know, space the floor, um, somebody that can add a little extra scoring um, when needed and think defensively being kind of a longer defender on the wing that can kind of guard multiple positions. I think that can, that can help a lot. You're you're out there. You're giving it a hundred in every game. But is there any added motivation post trade where you're taking the mindset to try and prove to your new team that they made the right move? You know, I've never been a guy that like holds grudges and tries to use that as motivation. But I mean, for me, even when I was on the teams, my whole motivation was just to show that I belong and to show that you know I I should be playing or you know I deserve a spot or you know I think that's pretty much everybody's. Um, mindset in the NBA so now it's just like on this new team it's trying to show that same thing and obviously with a brand new team you're coming in fresh and clean it's just trying to you know show that each and every night since the trade have you had the opportunity to talk with your new owner Mark Cuban I have um he's a super cool guy man um really uh really down for his players for his team um so it's, it's pretty dope if I have any good business ideas and promise to give you 50%, will you then pitch them to Mark Cuban for us? <laughs> I'll have to think about it, but more than likely, yeah, I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay, I want to close out the interview uh, talking about something that's close to you and your wife, Brooke. How did Gigi's Playhouse get started, and what was the purpose behind that? Yeah, so Gigi's Playhouse was actually it's already been um, established for a while, Um it was started by a woman named, named Nancy, um, who had a daughter named Gigi, who had Down syndrome. Um, and so she basically just started it up, and now it provides, you know, a ton of programs um, for individuals with Down syndrome. You know, they call it a, 
um, achievement center um, for individuals with Down syndrome. So really my best translation of that would be, you know, a place where individuals with Down syndrome can go and be celebrated um, and not necessarily, you know, ignored or, or moved away. Um, and so basically how it started within me and Brooke, Brooke actually uh, volunteered there when she was in college in Florida in Gainesville. Um, and so when we moved out to Sacramento, she had felt like God had put it on her heart to bring one out to Sacramento. And so we started looking at the logistics and everything that it takes to do it. And, um, you know, decided and felt like it was right for for us to, you know, try to try to do it. And uh, now we're, you know, we're moving um, forward. We're kind of in the more serious stages uh, of it right now and um, can't wait for, for the opening of it. How can the people listening help you donate anyway? You know, man, I um, I actually have a website that was just set up. Um, it's just justinjackson44.com. Uh, and so I think on there it has it has all the pretty much most of the details that it takes to do that. Obviously, we we appreciate it and you know definitely feel like it's a blessing for anybody to donate. Um, or anybody that might have any sort of connections with, you know, people who might be willing to, you know, support in any type of way. So uh, on that website, um, you should be able to find it. Um, and if not, people can just DM me on Instagram, um, and we can we can take care we can take care of any anything that they're trying to do for us. Yeah, I definitely would recommend to every, anybody listening to check that out. I was looking at the shirt, uh, one of the shirts before. And it said 100% of the proceeds go towards uh, the foundation. So definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth uh, getting a shirt and helping you out anyway. But Justin, man, uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Proud of what you're doing. I know everybody's proud of what you're doing. And just keep it up, man. Of course, man. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.